Hey guys, welcome to the very late episode of Soberish. Here's the deal. I really did try to get this one out on time, but I lost my card reader. And then when I ordered another card reader, it came in late. So then I ran to a studio and recorded it and was going to have it out on time last night. And then the studio sent me the wrong kind of file. And so I had to wait for that. And I was busy all day. So here it is now. Better late than never. Although I think probably better never than whatever. But you guys seem to like it. So we'll do this. I did want to make sure that everybody knew this Saturday, October 6th, I will be in Bozeman, Montana with Aaron Woodall from the Mormon and the Meth Head podcast. And coming up in November... Uh, we will also be in Denver and Salt Lake City. Some of those shows are he and I on stage together. Some of those shows are just regular stand-up. In December, we're working on Phoenix, hopefully New Mexico, and definitely the Creek in the Cave in New York on December 19th. Those will all be up on the website if they're not already. They'll be up on the website soon. Buy tickets. Put it on your calendar. Hello and welcome to Soberish, the psychobabble, I can't even remember what I was calling it now, the uh, insane stream of consciousness podcast. Uh, today you're going to get an energy update. Sometimes you get an energy update because there are just a lot of messages and downloads that are very important that I want to pass on to you guys. And sometimes you get an energy update because one of my kids stole my fucking SD card reader and I can't upload this week's episode. So I have to come in here and feign some information for you. So welcome to the second kind of energy update. I'm in a new studio here with Mike Mazzalotti. Uh, I'm sure he's excited to be associated with uh this ridiculous podcast did i say your last name right yeah okay um you uh brian's not here because he um abandoned me and went to a different podcast studio that i can't get snuck into late at night so now i have to uh find my own way apparently so fuck him uh wish him the best anyway i do still send him episodes to edit when they aren't done in a studio where are we? All right. I'm fucking 37 minutes late to this place because my maps wouldn't take me to where I wanted to go. So that's fucked up. Uh, this week's episode was going to be a very uh, narcissistic look at astrology because I just sat with an astrologer who did my birth chart and you just got to hear about my birth chart and you're missing that because I can't find my card reader. I did order one from Amazon and then it didn't arrive all day. Not that I could have edited a podcast because I was doing seven readings, but it didn't arrive and then it did arrive as soon as I was driving here. So I, I went ahead and got studio time. Um, not that this podcast ever comes out on time anyway. So I do have some notes, some notes of some things we can talk about. This is probably going to be a short episode, which works because I was late getting here in the first place. All right. Um, this side of the notes are about how much money I made this month and about Big Sky Comedy Festival. So I'll leave those ones out. A few things that have come up a lot in readings, and that's a lot of what I base energy updates on, are things that other people are working through. And, you know, if it's a common energy for everybody and also an energy that I'm kind of working through as well, I assume that it is a big part of the collective. And then other parts are like just straight up downloads I got. This is one that keeps coming up that I think I talked about on the last energy update, but people are still saying it. So I want to hammer this home one more time. You do not go backwards. Uh, we are all evolving. Everyone is evolving. Even, uh, you know, our parents and um, some are evolving slower than others. But when you when you gain something in consciousness, you can't lose it. But it can take 
a different form. It can integrate in a way that like maybe you had a week where you were feeling super happy and now you're not feeling super happy. That doesn't mean that you lost something. It just means that it's integrating. A lot of times you gain a new piece of information and it's very surface level. You're understanding and experiencing it on like a very surface level. I I think my entire enlightenment was very surface level to what it is now. How did I get from a very surface level mental space enlightenment to uh, the flailing that I now have achieved? I had to go through a two year long dark night of the soul. And now I am an absolute mess who doubts everything that she knows. So like, I couldn't be here if I didn't integrate all of that mental space shit into the emotional space. It, it takes a different form. Maybe you were having like a lot of magical experiences and now you're not having those magical experiences. Those gifts don't go away, but sometimes they go dormant for a minute. Sometimes you're activated on one thing, not activated on another thing. Uh, it's mostly about integration. So you cannot lose consciousness though. Another thing I want to shit can as a concept altogether is can we get rid of the idea of discipline? Discipline is garbage. Do what you want to do. And if you don't want to do something, ask yourself, why don't I want to do it? I don't believe in forcing yourself to quit drinking. I don't believe in forcing yourself to stop masturbating. Like, like definitely let's not do that. I don't believe in discipline as an idea. Discipline is such a pushing, uh, lower vibrational god i'm starting to say lower vibrational what the fuck is happening to me i'm surprised i'm not wearing more bracelets right now uh discipline is forcing yourself to do something that's not something that's in flow it's not something you will just lose interest in things when it's time for them to be done now if you don't like smoking cigarettes ask yourself why are you smoking them what is your trigger what is the thing that brings you back to it what is the lesson that you're trying to learn if you don't like the kind of relationships that you're attracting ask yourself why am i attracting them don't force yourself to white knuckle through some type of like discipline. Don't force yourself to be something, anything other than you are in this moment. Allow things to be and you'll find like truth. You'll find your authenticity. And a lot of times you get a new piece of information. You get a revelation about your ego. You you tap into some synchronicities. You hear your guides talking and, and all of a sudden you're firing on all cylinders for a few minutes. But this is a download. This is an update. And I know I've harped on this before, but like there there is this program that everyone runs where they want to believe that they are defective. They want to believe that they can't actually do things or hold hold on to things. They want to believe that people who have achievements or gifts or talents or the ability to talk to their guides or their ability to trust their intuition, that those people are something separate than you, you know? And so like, I, like, I can't have that. I almost had it. I had it for a second, but then I lost it. Like that's all programming. That probably comes from some impression you got in childhood that uh, you're not good enough or that Definitely, if you were indoctrinated, that's where I would look for that programming. But you are evolving. You are, there's nothing that I'm talking, if you can handle listening to this podcast, you're in this process. You are somewhere in this process. If you are not somewhere in this process, this podcast sounds like unchecked psychosis, which is also fine. That person is in their own process. Uh, there is a, there's a small group. It, bigger than I thought it would be of people that this resonates with. If it resonates with you, you are doing great. If it doesn't resonate with you, you are also doing great. But please stop listening to my fucking podcast. Um, anyway, you're not losing anything. You're never going backwards. It's all part of it. And what really helps in the integration process is to stop judging yourself. Fuck, I heard something today that I'm not going to take credit for because I heard it on someone else's tarot reading and I wish I could remember who. But they were talking about the difference between discernment and judgment. How we have this compulsion to judge ourselves and to say like, oh, I'm doing good or oh, I'm doing bad or oh, I'm, I'm being this versus this rather than discernment. And discernment just says like, hey, this isn't my best quality. I'd like to 
transmute this quality. I'd like to evolve this quality. And it's just discernment saying like, hey, this isn't serving my best good. This isn't necessarily something I want to keep moving forward. And it's not judging. It's not harsh because every time you judge yourself, you are not doing any better on a day where you are super happy and positive than on a day where you can't get out of bed. Like it's all the work. And I know that like I, this is repetitive, but you know, I'm going to keep saying it until we get through this phase. But you cannot lose anything in consciousness that you've gained. If you don't see the evidence, the symptoms of it, assume that it's integrating. Look for areas in which it's integrating. If you feel blocked, address those blocks. Along that same vein, uh, I want to talk about some things that are being transmuted for people right now. Uh, the kind of energy that I, I see us in right now is what I call the final boss. It's like we're reaching the end of this game. We're reaching the end of our karmic reality. Uh, we're doing some past life clearing. We are in this very frustrating, right? From like April to through the summer, we were in this heavy karma clearing, this heavy like trauma. Childhood stuff was coming up and we've worked through a lot of that. And then I feel like for 10 days in August or September, we had we hit just like pavement and then we started running and now I feel like I have run into like no gravity like now I'm just floating I can't get anything done can I fill out one piece of paperwork please I have things I need to get done I can't get anything done I'm not sad but I'm not I don't know what the fuck this is I keep getting a lot of imagery of the void I think this is some kind of space in between spaces and we're here for a reason we're still being like calibrated put together but there is a final boss moment coming and for a lot of us that final boss involves some type of living from a place of obligation and for a lot of people it's a connection maybe it's a relationship that has run its course but you're staying because you don't want to be the asshole who leaves maybe it's a friend who this dynamic is no longer doing anything for you you know like there's not not doing anything for you like what do you do for me but maybe you and this person don't resonate anymore and when you're around them it feels draining and it just isn't it could be a family member. For a lot of people, it's a family member. For a lot of people, it's a spouse. And I'm definitely like, please don't blame me for, for leaving your spouse. But this is something that would already be weighing on you. So if this doesn't resonate immediately, discard it. It's not your message. But for a lot of people, there is the, the final boss is your own self-sacrifice. It is your own tendency to prioritize other people's needs over your own. It is your own poor boundaries, your own uh, shadow side of empathy, shadow side of compassion, where we suddenly make, not suddenly, we constantly make other people's problems our problems where we say I would like this and our very first thought is how would that make so-and-so feel what would so-and-so do here and I can tell you as someone who's been on the offending side of that like I you know have a connection in my life I'll let you all guess who it is who um, spent a couple years prioritizing me over himself like you know uh, my hurt feelings put my hurt feelings before um what he wanted to do in a ton of situations and like energetically it didn't help it didn't make me feel better like he was he was catering to my ego and that's what we're doing when we're prioritizing other people over ourselves and this is an important thing for us to clear because we are trying to learn how to collectively connect to each other and it can't have any vamp how do you say vampiric is it van vampire but the Never mind. Anyway, it can't be parasitic. It can't be parasitic in any way. So even if it's someone you love and care about and you want to keep in your life, but they have some codependent tendencies, they have a tendency to make their shit your problem, which is exactly what I was doing, that has to be cleared. And so if this is a person that you can say, hey, listen, you make me feel guilty whenever I need to take space and I can't, ha like, I can't do that anymore. If this person is far in their journey and very self-aware and they can say, fuck, you're right. I'm not going to do that anymore. And they can change it tight. If they are not someone you can have that conversation with, this is where we get away from, you know, like last month we were working on legit vampires, narcissists, people who like just feed off of you and are never going to get any better. 
And now I feel like we are the final boss are the unintentional vampires. And here's why this is the final boss. Because one, this is about our own tendency to sacrifice our own needs. And that comes from a couple different places. That comes from programming. Uh, we romanticize this idea of, of self-sacrifice in this society. We romanticize this idea of this love that will lay down their life for somebody else. We romanticize this idea of over-attachment between parents and children. And we love the idea of commitment when it means obligation, shitty, awful obligation. We like this idea of people staying together for 50 years and you could tell they haven't liked each other for the last 45, you know? We romanticize this shit, but it's not real connection. Real connection is you are a whole person, completely autonomous, completely self-sufficient in every way possible. And you are now sharing with another person who is calibrated the same way. This is some shit that I talked about arrogantly on Mormon and the Meth Head five episodes in, and then y'all got to watch me get my ass handed to me and become a codependent mess. So I tell you as someone on both ends of the spectrum right now, I am learning to set boundaries and not prioritize other people over myself. And I'm also learning to look for cues when other people are having a hard time telling me no and and making sure that I'm respecting their boundaries because we are all kind of in this process together. But self-sacrifice, there is no nobility in that. That is not virtuous. It usually comes from a, a, a fear-based place. It usually comes from fear of being bad, you know, which comes from like a hidden belief that you are actually bad. And that if I don't people please, if I don't give people exactly what they want, I am going to be revealed for how bad I actually am. For me, it's like I have to be constantly proving my worth. And if I don't give everybody what they want, if I allow somebody to be mad at me for one second, all of a sudden the entire world is going to know that I'm worthless. And so this is a lot of clearing here. So it, it also serves the purpose of getting you into a place where you're only having healthy energy exchanges. Now, that being said, I don't want to be blamed for anybody cutting their parents off or whatever. Uh, this is all just if this is already something that you're feeling. If you're already feeling this but hiding it and depending on the level of obligation maybe you're starting to feel out of sync with yourself you're starting to feel like some something bubbling under the surface but you keep like locking it away because you're like oh I couldn't do that people think I was a piece of shit oh I can't walk away from my mom she would hate me I can't remember this is what I'm talking about I'm just kind of giving like confirmation to this stuff that's working its way to the surface for you if that doesn't resonate, leave it. Please leave it. I don't want to get any um, angry emails from um, accidental vampire moms. Um, interdependence, I guess, uh, will kind of go off onto, onto that. So this summer, we've been learning a lot about codependence and intimacy issues, right? Because we are codependently attached to each other in like the 3D love paradigm, right? So we have all of these confusing feelings right now because a lot of people are like, God, I want intimacy, but I can't. I run. I run every time someone gets close to me. And a lot of that is recalibrating because there is like an inner sense to us that we want to connect, but the old way of connecting isn't working. Our parents and shit were like together, like it was like normal to stay together for financial reasons. That just wouldn't work for us. Like it would not work for us. We are not wired for that. We are like set to a certain frequency and that frequency is unconditional love. But then we get together and we start reenacting our childhood trauma and shit and we attach in a way that is also extremely painful and then and then we break up and get back together break up get back together uh switch partners a bunch like we're, we're either running away from people or like running full force into their face uh it's a lot of attachment stuff being figured out right now and what we're trying to get to is interdependence but what we're in right now is a calibration like in the tarot it's not the nine of pentacles 
which is the independent lady. You're all learning how to be independent ladies. But this energy is someone who is completely creating everything for herself. And it's it's really difficult for me to talk about this because this is the what is love episode at the beginning of Mormon and the Meth Head is really what I arrogantly spoke into a microphone as if I had mastered this and God did I eat my fucking words. But anyway, now that I am revisiting and trying to master it myself, the Nine of Pentacles energy is I have my own money. I don't need a partner for money. I don't need a partner to afford my apartment. It is I have my own happiness. I create my own happiness. I don't, I have my own self-worth. I don't need a partner to tell me that I'm beautiful. I already know that I'm beautiful. I don't need a partner to tell me that I'm interesting or funny. I already know that. I mean, everyone knows I'm funny, right? But I don't need any of these things to be given to me from somebody else. I make them all for myself. And I don't, if a partner comes into my life, it is this, it is this cool exchange of energy, but I don't need it. So because I don't need it, there's no fear of it going away because it could go away tomorrow and I would be fine because this only adds to my life. It can't take anything from my life because I'm creating this all for myself. And I don't really think that's anything we've ever truly anchored on the planet before. I don't think it's anything that we've ever truly experienced. I remember the aliens told you this was going to get weird, Mike. I remember the aliens telling me in uh, February that 5D love wasn't anything I could understand. They could explain it to me, but I wouldn't be able to understand it because it's never been seen before. And I think that people are capable of unconditional love. I don't think it's normal here. I think true, true unconditional love is open in a way that we can't understand yet. I think it goes deep into probably no longer needing monogamy. Um, a lot of just like free energy that never talks about like long term things because it's so in the moment. It's so intense in the moment. And I can't perceive it yet. So I'm not going to do what I've done in the past, which is pontificate on something I don't understand yet. But I think it's more open than anything we've ever experienced. So I do think a lot of people have experienced profound love and maybe they didn't hold on tight and they didn't get activated into their childhood trauma or whatever in that. But I still don't think we've ever really experienced. The one description they did give me that I could kind of wrap my mind around was that 5D love was when I described being in the collective consciousness, what it felt to be in a part of the big ball of light, but still be myself. But I had access to every part of the ball of light. I was one with it, but sep but myself still. They said that that is what the, oops, that is what the energy exchange between two beings in unconditional love is it has all of that bliss and excitement and everything else without needing to attach to it, without needing to put it into a bottle. And so I think that that's a big part of what's difficult is um, how do you experience a love like that and not need to define it and not need to give it a time frame, you know, and, and need to kind of put it in a bottle? How do you just let it be in that moment? Like that is true open hand, unconditional love. Like we don't need this to be anything. So that's a big part of what a lot of us are working through right now. The next phase, which I think really comes online December-ish, and this is all just for, you know, whatever wave of people that are probably listening to this podcast. But the next phase, I guess, of that is interdependence. And that's where we have all mastered this Nine of Pentacles energy or mastered it as much as you can master it alone. And then you bring these connections kind of close to each other. And then we kind of learn how to be that. We kind of learn how to be separate and together at the same time. And then we kind of work out the kinks on that, no pun intended. Um, all right, this is going to be a very short podcast. Kicking the military. What do you think that that meant? I can't read my own handwriting. What does that locking the major? Oh, hacking the matrix. I feel like I've already talked about that. For people who have been working on jumping dimensions, um, is this not is is this the coolest podcast you've ever had in the studio? <laughs> Hacking.
attacking the Matrix. Ah, attack. We've talked about that before. On to timeline jumping. Um, for people who have been working on uh, various manifestation techniques and have figured out how to quickly and easily jump timelines, we have been comparing notes and there is this weird thing happening where uh, we can't decide. Um, it's almost like... In order to get to the place where you can just step onto whatever timeline you want, you have to do so much work in releasing attachment and releasing importance and getting to a place of non-desire, you know, that you then have no desire to do anything. If like 10 years ago, you were like, hey, by the way, here's a series of techniques that you can jump to whatever timeline you want. You can, I would be like, oh, cool. Tomorrow I'll be on the timeline where I, you know, recently became, you know, won the lottery. That wouldn't be mine because I'm not a hack, but something like that. You know, I, I had all these big desires and now I had to do 10 years of releasing desire in order to become light enough to hop to whatever timeline I want. And now I, I'm like, I don't know. I know I can have anything I want. Now what the fuck do I want? You know, uh, I gave up all of these wants and desires to get to a place where I could do this. So it's a kind of a catch 22, but it's also kind of funny that there are several people right now who cannot decide what timeline they want to go to. And I think that that's pretty tight. I think collectively we're trying to get to a timeline where the world isn't burning. And I think that that's really what we should hone our skills for is to get to a place to collectively jump to something less shitty and maybe a little bit cooler. The timeline common knowledge thing was funny. I was talking with a couple of people doing readings today and talking about, I define a lot of these concepts just to kind of give confirmation to people who are in this energy, but then it, it, people keep trying to turn it into dogma and I don't want it to turn into dogma. These are just like phrases, you know, concepts, ideas, like it's not definitely a download. It's not definitely 5D. It's just, I don't like I categorize things because I think it's easier to kind of understand that a lot of us are going through the same stuff, but it's all very fluid and the higher dimensional you get, it's all just everything. It's all just energy. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. But there are a shit ton of people like this, this stuff happens in waves. I'm starting to think that what I call tribes, like how we're kind of collecting with our soul tribe, that that's just the wave that we ascend in. But the later the waves, and we are not by the a long stretch, the first wave, there are several waves in front of us and they put a lot of puzzle pieces. They connected a lot of dots for us to wake us up. You know, the people that made the matrix, they knew what they were doing. They were kind of activating the higher consciousness of the people that were waking up in the early aughts. And it's, it's waves. And so you wake up and you do your process and then you connect the dots for the next wave. As these waves go, it becomes less and less woo. So th this wave here that resonates with this podcast or whatever, like you don't like the full-blown woo shit. Some of you do. But for the most part, people are like, I like this podcast because you're not love and light. You're not talking this woo shit. You know, they don't like the super new agey shit, right? Because you're not on the new agey wave and that's fine. But the people behind us are getting less and less woo because it's becoming more and more regular reality. You know, there was a time when probiotics, this is a weird example, but in, in 2000, if you took probiotics, this was like snake oil. You know, this was like new age, dumb, holistic medicine bullshit that nobody believed in. And now it's just a part of regular society. Your doctor is like, yeah, fuck, take your probiotics. It's because it's been anchored in to the reality. There's a million examples of this, but it's just going to become mainstream science soon. It's already quickly becoming mainstream science. A lot of stuff that aliens told me while I was high on meth in 2000, if scientists are reversing aging, it's like, yeah, no shit. The aliens told me that. Um, all of this stuff is quickly becoming mainstream. And a couple of examples of that are like completely not woo people, people who consider themselves very grounded, will have an entire conversation with you now about what the energy of something felt like. That's not even remotely weird to say around, I think, I don't know, I do kind of live in a bubble. Mike, do people just, people just freely talk about the energy of stuff, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you're a comic, so I don't, we're all a little advanced, right? <laughs> but yeah, I think you can talk about like, ah, I didn't like the energy in there. You can describe what the energy felt like and people can, can 
hear you and understand what you're saying. That was not the case 10 years ago. So everybody is going. Most people are going. Vampires who don't evolve, they're not going. I don't know what happens to them. But for the most part, I think we're fine. But a lot of people in later waves, it will just be, I think like we're quickly figuring out the timeline thing, that there's several different timelines and that somehow we're getting from one to the other. And I think that's just going to be in five years, just a, just a mainstream, widespread, understood thing understood on a level that I don't even understand it yet. And it's just going to kind of happen. And it just kind of happens because there are several waves in front that anchor it into the reality. I'm not trying to make this make sense. Okay. So we have like concepts. You have a concept like money. Money is a completely made up fabricated thing. It was at one point at the in the society, people were like, wait, we need a way to exchange goods. And then it became something much more gross than that. And I didn't go to school, so I couldn't. There's, I'm sure there's an actual history to that. But it is a concept. Poverty and lack is a concept. It is a construct. It's a made up parameter of this video game that we play. It's not real. There, there is no actual lack. The lack is a idea. And depending on how you were raised, you had this idea pumped into your head as if it was universal fact, as if it was absolutely real, that money is difficult to get. And that's why you get rich kids and you can you can take away all their shit and they will find their way back to being rich. You ever just look at rich people and their job doesn't make any sense? It's like, how do you get fucking paid for that? How are you making money? You do what? There's a ton of that in LA, a ton in LA where I'm like, how do you have this apartment? But there's like a baseline. There's a there's a level that I expect, right? And there's a it's way lower than than what the rich kids expect, but it's an idea and depending on how you were programmed, that's the idea that you get. And everything is that. And there, you know, aging is that. Death is that. These are all just ideas and concepts. God, I get sound of the sick of my own uh, sick of the sound of my own voice. Um, ideas and concepts and programs that run on Earth, and then we want to change those paradigms, and we have to change those paradigms. Somebody would have told you, anybody would have told you thirty years ago that gender was just a fact. It's just a reality that is determined by whether or not you have a dick or a vagina. That's it. Like there was no questioning that in the collective consciousness whatsoever and you were born and then people were like here you go we know what you are now and that's it that's who you are and then as a child you would grow up and I know I talk a lot about gender but it's just the best example of how this nothing is fact and you grow up and you are something different than that you are a variation of that you do um, not innately exist in one of these two lanes but then throughout your entire life you were told no you're in this lane why are you why do you have your foot in that lane why are you why did you pick up a barbie little girl little boy you know get back in your lane get back in your lane get back in your lane until as an adult you're existing as like a fake version of yourself because you believed the construct and of course you believe the construct because from the time you're born you're told what reality is so a lot of what's happening now is we are realizing our constructs. We are realizing the way that we've been imprisoned by these ideas. We are realizing that none of us are an authentic version of ourselves because from the time we were little kids, we've been programmed by other people's version of reality. But it's not even their version of reality. It's just their idea of what reality is. I feel like I'm talking in circles right here. Uh, do some psychedelics before you listen to this episode. Anyway, we are, this is how I fucking forgot. The original point here, timeline common knowledge. So what happens is when you get a wave of people who are comfortable with talking to higher dimensional beings and just making that real. And when you get people who are like, you know what, fuck this. I don't resonate with this gender shit. I'm going to do my own thing. And then more people do it. And then more people do it. And then more people do it. They That's hacking the matrix. That is changing the paradigm. You're mainstreaming things that are existing in higher dimensional realities and bringing them down to 3D. And then more and more people do it until it becomes the dominant thing. And then suddenly 
it boom, it's fluid. Gender is fluid. Like we get it. it was, we got it in a very short amount of time because enough people just like stepped out of that programming and into new programming. So that's a lot of what those of us who ask ourselves five times a day, am I fucking insane? Is that what's happening? Is this a psychotic break? Am I going to be in a hospital soon? What we are doing is anchoring higher dimensional reality into the 3D reality. It's fucking thankless. You're welcome. Anyway. That didn't make any sense. I'm really sorry about that. I'm also not editing this at all. So uh, you're going to get all the likes and us. Um, we have very little left on this podcast. It's going to be a half an hour long. And I don't, I'm okay with that. Another thing that people ask a lot, and this is where I get uncomfortable with defining things, was the alien said that there would be waves of people that would come in. The first wave would be, and they didn't really like line it up linear. Like one doesn't exist at the same time as the other, but they said there would be a wave of people carrying the energy of what they called the arsenal. So these are people that would tear down the old world. These are your SJWs. These are your Greta Thornbook. What the fuck? Thornburg. As soon as I start to say someone's name, I immediately get scared that I'm going to say it wrong. And then I do say it wrong because I don't just confidently say it. Greta Thornburg. I've said it a hundred times in the last three days. And anyway, the 16 year old, that is like textbook arsenal right there. She's here to tear down the old world. That's why she looks at the old world with such contempt. I've talked about before, like the SJW people, uh, they're just, it's an energy. They're carrying an energy. They're here to tear down the old system. That's why they cannibalize each other is because all of us are still old world. We are varying degrees of old world, but that's their energy. The next was image setters. These are people that create the new world. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what the age group of these are or which one they are. You're probably all of them. You know, it's just energy. It's whatever you want to be. Do you feel inspired to do things in a new way? Do you want to, I talked to someone today who opened a business and let people decide how much they wanted to pay. That's new world shit. That's definitely, the new world is collaboration. It's working together. It's bringing whatever you want to bring to the table. And because everyone is, is tuned into each other and, and operating under a collective consciousness, we are free to do that because we recognize fully, we will recognize when we're in that 5D love, unconditional love energy, we are not there yet, that we are one. And so I wouldn't want to rip off this person. I would want to pay them for whatever they are bringing to the table. I would want to exchange goods with them. I don't even think money will really exist on the other side of it. It'll just be about collaboration with a million different versions of yourself. So there's a lot of like trying to figure out. I don't, I don't think it's anything to figure out. What makes your heart sing? What makes your heart sing period? That end of, end of, end of sentence. Like it's just what, if money didn't exist, what would you do? And if your answer is like sit on the beach, then I don't, you're being lazy and you're not really thinking because sitting on the beach would be fun for three weeks max and then you would be bored to shit. So if money didn't exist and you lived in a world where you brought whatever makes your heart sing to the collective, what would that be? And then that's your answer. That's it. Uh, do you hate the way that things are currently done? Do you want to tear down that system? You're probably arsenal. I don't think the arsenal stays the arsenal forever. They can't, you know, they tear down the old world and then it's time to build a new world. I think for at least the next like 20 years, that process is taking place. We're creating a new version of doing things. I was really hopeful that the old world would get swallowed in some type of mass earthquake or something, but I'm starting to resign to the fact that we just cease to perceive each other because that seems to be what's happening already where they just, you know, live like extras in the video game, but we don't really pay attention and they don't affect us anymore. So that's where it's important to bring your thing. If you have an idea, you have a creative endeavor, you have art, you have a healing modality, you have a desire to serve, you have a desire to help people, you have an idea for doing it in a new and different way, follow that. Uh, you will be financially compensated for that as long as you have addressed your programming to the contrary. So like for me, I had a lot of blocks around the idea of getting paid for anything spiritual, which, you know, is probably just arrogance on my part because I talk shit about 
the snake oil salesman in the new age movement. I don't like the idea of mixing spirituality and money. But what I'm really doing with that is just placing importance on money. I'm saying that money is something other than something completely fake. I do like the idea of providing free spiritual services to people who don't have money for it. But uh, that's why I have two podcasts. <laughs> so uh, not well, one podcast, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Mormon and the Method. It does its own thing. But a lot of people have great ideas. A lot of people have called to get readings and they have great ideas for, you know, psychedelic uh, therapy and healing things and, and teaching things. And But they were raised Catholic primarily uh, or one of these religions or one of these households that was afraid of money or one of these religions that tells you that things need to be difficult. And so they're having a hard time finding their way to a timeline where it just doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. It's It's completely fake. So you just have it. Just what do you want to do and then have money? And that sounds insane. And so long as that sounds... Um, insane. There's probably some clearing to do there, you know, some poverty mentality sometimes, but I don't like, I felt like I had dealt with poverty mentality and then had a whole different set of blocks when it came to spirituality and money. And I think I'm still kind of working through that. I'm still kind of, I feel weird getting paid. I feel like readings are okay because I pay for readings and I'm like, this is a service and I get a lot more out of readings than I do therapy. So, and I'm not saying do readings instead of therapy, but for me personally, uh, delivers a lot of information in a short amount of time in a way that resonated for me better. And I was like, because I pay for readings, it's really easy for me to be like, okay, yeah, this is cool. But as I move into like other potential things, I find myself having a lot of blocks. And most of those blocks are based on shit I've talked about other people. Uh, for other people, though, it, it is just kind of rooted in a belief that things need to be difficult. Because we are told our entire lives that you can have money or you can follow your dreams and that those two things are mutually exclusive. I do feel like a lot of this is a repeat from past episodes, but um, this is what I got today. So this is a lot of the energy that we are still working through. And then the last thing I wanted to get into, and sorry, this is a short episode, but I heard something really interesting and it's just something I've been thinking about and I don't want to say it's fact, but it's something I think a lot about free will. And I talk a lot about free will. I talk a lot about how it feels like everyone has free will, but not everyone uses it. And I heard something about what divine will is the other day. And it just clicked so hard that it really kind of changed the way that I look at free will. The way that I felt in the past is, is that most people are subjugated to society. Most people are conditioned to surrender their free will to either some god or, you know, what everyone else wants you to do. And that, you know, people who break free and kind of take charge of their own lives are people who have chosen to use their free will. And then there's this other thing that I haven't been able to describe because sometimes I'm like, no, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to push this forward. And other times it feels like I have to let things happen right now. I have to accept what's happening. And I can never really articulate why it is that I like sometimes push forward and sometimes surrender. And I heard someone describing the difference on another tarot reading. I should start writing this shit down before I tell you their stuff. But I think this was, um, no, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, she was talking about how divine will is kind of the will of the collective. And, you know, before we come here, I think we come up with a game plan like okay I'll meet you in 2019 and we'll do this thing but then free will shows up and some people get so damaged by their karma and their trauma that they can't wake up and they can't become conscious in the video game or whatever the fuck this is and other people just choose not to you know they get here they're having fun or they're miserable or whatever and they choose not to sync back up with the people that they said they would meet up with and do the things that they said they were going to do and that's all like a mechanism of free will right 
divine will would be like the will of the collective and not the will of the masses because they are kind of led around their free will is active but it's programmed by society and fear right and so people that operating in divine will are kind of people who just like got their raft and put it on this river right and they just feel the flow they feel the flow of things and that's kind of where that intuitive this is the time to surrender and just go with the flow and this is the time to steer a different direction and that this is the difference between divine will and free will that free will really is a mechanism of the ego and you can use it whenever you want at any point you can be like i'm not following the flow right now i'm going to go do this other thing but that is it is a mechanism of the self. It is a mechanism. This is a theory. I'm not positive about this yet, but I've been thinking about this and it kind of fits that it is a mechanism of the I, the individual separate from everybody else. And you are allowed to use that whenever you want. That's the cool thing about this life. But then there is also this other will that is also your will. Like it is the thing that you planned to do before you come here. Not divine will like God's will. I don't like that because it sounds separate from you, but divine will like there was a plan before you got here that maybe you don't remember all the way yet and that being in flow and that's like a an intuitive thing so that's when sometimes things are falling apart and you need to fix them and you can tell you need you intuitively know you need to take action and then there are other times where you're like i'm supposed to take this loss i'm supposed to let this go away i'm supposed to wait this out i'm supposed to sit on my hands right now and then other times it's like i'm supposed to take action and you can kind of tell which one of those things it is by the the sensation of flow and i really wish i had a different example because i feel like i use this one all the time but when i got the email that this is not happening was not going to come out and for a year and i was like well that doesn't feel true i can see it like i can see it on the trajectory around march you know i don't think i said march i knew it was the spring and I tried. I tried to take a little bit of action and there wasn't a ton of action I could take, but I, I tried. I made a couple phone calls, you know, and then I just was like, well, I feel it happening there. I'm just going to sit in flow. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm just going to assume that this is how it's supposed to be playing out. And I just allowed. I just allowed things. And then it happened exactly how I thought it was going to happen. Now, there's not a ton I could have done action-wise to change that, but I could have fucked it up. Like, I could have treated it like it was a mistake, treated it like it wasn't supposed to happen. I could have gotten upset and been out of shape and took it as a sign that, you know, nothing's ever going to work out for me and got anxious about what's going to happen with money or whatever. And I didn't, I just like let it flow. Like that's an example of just getting into flow. Was there a sensation that there are things in my life that I feel like I should have or that I want to have? I don't, I'm not really in this energy right now, but I've been in this energy at different points in the last couple of years. And then I fucked things up, you know, I tried to make them happen via my free will. And now I'm just kind of in this like flow energy, you know, I do what feels right when it feels right. I don't try to use discipline to make things different. I don't try to bend the will of other people. I don't try to externally change a lot of things in my life. I just let life be life. I let it do its thing. And that is like in this state of flow. And when I'm saying I do this, I mean, I do this like six hours out of a day and the rest of the time I'm fucking everything up. But when I'm in the flow, this is the energy that I'm talking about. And I, and I, so I like this idea. I'm thinking about this. I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. This idea that there is, that the free will is the self. And also, but there's like, you're not bad, like nothing's wrong. This is the judgment versus discernment thing. Like if you choose to use your free will and not go with the flow, that's also fine. It doesn't matter. Like it's all just experience. But there is definitely a sensation of like being carried by our experiences that still feels true to who I am. It doesn't feel like blindly following the masses. You know, those are two to totally different energies. Like one feels very like fear based and the other feels very like surrender, allowing, you know, and it feels, I don't know, like gravity feels less heavy. It just feels like I'm floating in an experience that feels, I don't want to say destined, but just right. It just fits. It just is harmonious. It resonates. And 
and it's cool to know that at any point it's like your car having um the ability to drive itself but at any point you can just grab the steering wheel and do whatever you want but kind of cool knowing like what if we did enter a map into the car this, this is going way off the rails. I hate it when I start a metaphor and it doesn't work, but it does kind of work. Like I think it, the idea of us having a collective, a collective will, a collective idea of a general direction in which we wanted to go. And that will is connected to everyone else, right? That is connected to everyone else. And so that kind of brings people into our lives. I've had so many experiences recently. We're just kind of getting into this space where I'm in the now, I'm allowing things to be, I'm not judging myself, I'm not judging other people. I'm still talking shit. That's a completely different energy than judging. <laughs> um, and I am just being... And then, you know, sometimes the ego takes over and I take my free will back and I do my own thing. And, you know, usually it doesn't work out that great for me, but I learn a lesson and that lesson ultimately kind of brings me back into resonating with the collective anyway. It's just something interesting to think about. I, I loved that thing about discernment versus judgment. And I love, and that's for other people also. I talk a lot about having discernment and hearing like cutting through people's crap, you know, and hearing their shit. And it's interesting to think about that, the shadow side of that being judgment, you know, where we, we hear people's truth and then we judge them. We judge them for the shit that we hear rather than just being like, hey, yeah, that's where that person's at right now. And then also giving that to ourselves because I'm far more likely to do that for other people than myself. When I find myself self-deceiving, it's really hard for me to allow that and to forgive that. Anyway, I'm definitely rambling because I'm trying to run the clock. Uh, so I'm going to wrap this up before I have to edit half of it out because it's garbage. Anyway, you could have been listening to my birth chart, but my kids suck. Um, I guess that's it. Sorry if a lot of this is repeating from past energy updates, but I do think a lot of it bears repeating because we are still kind of stuck in this energy. Um, if you feel like you're not moving forward in your life, I think that is an illusion. I think there is a ton of work being done in your dreams, in your subconscious, in your healing. It is just kind of like a chrysalis energy. Some imagery that I got that was really interesting though, is that that final boss is the actual crust of the chrysalis. Is that crazy? So like you're going to have to actually bust through your controlling mom's face in order to emerge as a butterfly. So go ahead and think about that when you're falling asleep tonight. If you want a reading, why would you after listening to this garbage, uh, go to jessery.com and book that there. Don't forget to listen to my other podcast, Mormon and the Meth Head. Start at the beginning. What else? Jessery Comedy, Twitter and Instagram, and this podcast at Soberish Pod on Instagram. Have a good night.